All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Wally and Mathot Show. Powered by Barhaven Ford. Now here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally Mathot Show live. It is Monday morning or Monday afternoon. I hope you voted everybody today. Uh, this is powered by Barhaven Ford. We are two days away from the start of Ottawa Senator training camp, so we have got a big show lined up for you. It includes Sylvain Saint Laurent from Ladois, also former Ottawa Senator and current Vegas Golden Knight and a friend of the show, Robin Leonard, is going to join us in a bit. But we want to get to all the action that surrounds not only rookie camp, but, of course, everything that's going on with the Senators getting ready to drop the puck on training camp. So, without further ado, I'm not even going to waste time. We're getting right to it. Sylvain St. Laurent, our good friend who also works for RDS, is a contributor. He's a columnist. He does it all. He's been there since 1998, and I didn't even know that. We we started at the same time, basically, in Ottawa. Welcome to the show. You know, I was up and down for a couple of years. So that's probably why you didn't notice me first. <laughs> but now I can't forget you. We've traveled the world together. We've done Sweden, done lots of, uh, done Sweden twice, if I'm not mistaken, a bunch of other places. So um, now uh, we just get to hang yeah. out. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the show. I've been watching from uh, from the first episodes. I'm, I love everything you guys do. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Mark Method, as you might have noticed, but uh, uh, so glad to finally get a chance to catch up with you guys. Thank you. Who isn't a fan of meth, really? We'll get right yeah, down but, to no, it. but who has a meth uh, bobblehead in its kitchen? I see. And Sly, I noticed that. So thank you. I appreciate that. Very kind. I'll have to get one of yours behind me, I guess. You'll have to send me one. Yeah, for sure. Whenever they, make, they get made like 10, 15, <laughs> 20 years from now. Fair enough. 
Uh, Sleepy, can we get, I want to get right to it because there's so much to talk about uh, what's going on right now. Obviously, the rookie camp is kind of just winding up. There's a game tonight uh, before they get set to take to the ice Wednesday for main camp. Um, but let's start with everybody's favorite topic, and that's Brady Kachuk. So let's call this Mo Money, Mo Problem. So we're two days away from camp. Brady Kachuk is not signed. Now it seems like some fans are upset about this. They're turning on Brady and the Kachuk side because Matthew Kachuk said that they want money. I, where do you stand at this, and do you think that Brady Kachuk is going to be at the start of training camp on Wednesday? At this juncture, I do not expect him to be at the start of training camp, but I expect him to show up sooner than later. And I think right now, if Sens fans are panicking, it might be because they've been overexposed to that story, that situation. Um, yep. I feel like everything that we need to know on this topic, we already know. And right now, I think the next next update we're going to get is when it gets done, when it gets settled. The only useful information right now, it's not about where Brady is in the world. It's not about, you know, any, anything. Basically, the senators made it clear they want to cite Brady for a, a long-term contract, eight years. They, they've let the number float around. And for some reason, Brady doesn't feel comfortable with signing that right now. This is the only question right now that's relevant. Why doesn't Brady Kachuk feel comfortable signing with the Sens? He is the only one uh, that, that's able to provide us with a clear answer, and he won't do until he signs. So to me right now, I mean, it's an RFA situation. It will get settled. I do not expect Brady Kachuk to sign a long-term contract. I, I would expect that he's going to have to explain himself at, at some point why he doesn't want to stay, what would make him want to stay. And, and to me, if the Senators, if I was in their shoes, my only concern would be to figure out why right now he's not comfortable at signing a long-term contract. Try to do everything in my power to make sure that if this one isn't a long-term, then the next one is. Do you think the $64 million is the right number, that they're looking at the same number as Thomas Shabbat? I'm not sure, but I think it's fair. I think it's, it's a good contract for a, a young player that isn't necessarily uh, a top point pro producer, but is so useful for other situations, for, for all the, the, the other right reasons. I think that it's a fair offer for Brady Kachuk, and I think that makes him really, that, that puts him in the position that he is in this organization. To me right now, he is the face of the franchise, and I think that 64 million tells us that he will be for the next couple of years, if he wants to. Yeah, I agree. And and to me, I think the biggest thing, and I was talking a little bit about it on Twitter, and I'm sure everybody else here has, I, I think there was a little bit of a contentious issue with regards to the, the, the dollar signs, right? And people were, well, why is he turning down $64 million? I've got a question for both of you. Do we even know that he's been offered $8 million a year yet? Like, is this has this actually gone out there? Like, are we aware of an actual dollar sign aside from the term itself? Uh, well, actually, they, you know, it hasn't been public, but it's been discussed for a long time. And I heard from a lot of people that that was likely. Okay, very so that was scenario. a legitimate number. That Okay, oh, yeah, so, sure. so we know now. And another argument that a lot of people that I've noticed are making, and that's kind of why I'm bringing it up, is that the Sens are just willing to budge on signing bonus. And that's usually been an issue, or rather a, a philosophy with the Ottawa Senators yep. over the last few years. Is that is that what's happening here? Is Brady looking for some signing bonus money? Like, I, I I'm, I'm trying to figure out, What's happening, and, and I guess at the same time, trying to calm down the fan base, right? So I don't want to raise all these questions and try to alarm anybody, but is this just a matter of <laughs> signing bonus? Is that the issue? I think Brent had something that, you know, he felt like he, he's got some information on that. Well, I think, I think you have to look at Mark Stone 
and Mark Stone and him are obviously very close. And one of those contentious issues for Mark Stone was the signing bonus money and lockout protection. Now, obviously, there's no lockout that's needed, but the signing bonus gives you the money up front. And, and I think it's a huge part where the Ottawa Senators don't give out the signing bonus, and then they back end load all the deals. Now, I know it helps at the very last contract when you're qualifying for the next time, but players want their money and they want it now, right? Like, it seems Ottawa is the only, not the only one, but very few, and I know Minnesota is another one, that doesn't give out signing bonuses. And I think that that's a huge downside to the way that they negotiate deals in Ottawa. Meth, wouldn't you like yeah. to have your signing bonus money? Yeah, but at the same time, just with the Mark Stone example that you provided, I think with him, it wasn't necessarily, I'm sure that's a big reason. Financial reasons are always huge when it comes to business, of course. But I think also a guy like Stoney was in a much different position because he's in his prime at this point, right? And I'm sure he was in a win-now mood. You know, you come off uh, that 2017 season, you get a bit of a taste of it. His game's finally kind of kind of coming into itself. And I, I think he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. And to me, that's sort of the that's sort of the gist of what I got from his kind of reasoning with regards to that. I can't quote him on it, of course, but I think in Brady's case, I agree with both of you. I agree with Sylvain. It's kind of hard to turn down a, a carrot that big when we're talking about eight times eight. But signing bonus, man, like that's that's what it comes down to, I think, and and I, that'll be the issue now for the next few weeks. But I like what Sly said also earlier about, you know, we can discuss uh, his location. We can discuss his whereabouts and what he's doing and what he's eating for breakfast and uh, you know what, who he's talking to, but none of this matters because we know that both sides want something to happen. This is just all about leverage and it's going to get dragged out as long as humanly possible because one side wants a number and the other side wants a number. We know Ottawa negotiates pretty hard. I've been through it here with the Senators too. It's not always very pleasant, but I'm sure it'll get done. But Mark, I, I, I'm thinking, you know, it's... You know, every player is different. Every contract is different. In this one yep. specifically, I'd like to hear you on that. To me, it's you're such in a delicate phase of your rebuild. And Brady Kachuk is such an important player. Right now, they're yep. developing an entire team identity around him. Wouldn't you want to yep. feel that, that he, he's in that position? And basically, Kachuk, it, it, you know, he's got good, strong counselors with him. They know that he's holding the big end of the stick, that, that basically yep. he controls those negotiations. Wouldn't you want, you know, if you were the Senators, to make him feel as comfortable as he would be? And, you know, that, that's the one part of what we've read and heard the last couple of weeks where I'm not comfortable with. It's, uh, I, I, don't th I don't think putting pressure on him at this point would help. No, I agree. I 100% agree with you. This is this is not the guy you want to play hardball with, right? And again, I'm not a I'm not the general manager and when it comes to the dollar signs and numbers, I'm an analytics guy or sorry, excuse me. I'm an analyst if anything. I like to watch games and tell you who's playing well and not. So when it comes to the contract stuff, I'm out to lunch a little bit, but I agree. We're talking about your corner piece, like a guy that you're literally you you nailed it right there, Sly. You're building a team around you want to make sure that he's there at camp right from the get-go. It's almost like you it's almost like you just want to lock all these people into a room and say, "Listen, you're going to sit in this room for the next 24 hours until something gets done and then you're allowed to leave." Obviously, it doesn't work that way, but I feel like a piece like this, it's just the longer you drag this out, it creates more animosity and and it destabilizes the fan base a little bit, whether you like to hear that or not. It's the case. Everyone's starting to freak out right now. I, I, I just, I, I can't understand how it hasn't been done yet. But the counter argument to what I'm saying is it's happening across the league with other players too. And really, it's going to get done. At one point or another, it will get done. I think Alfie held out and 
I think he fared out okay with the fan base in the Ottawa area. So (laughs) it just needs to calm down a little, right? Like, let's just get through. It'll get signed at some point and it'll all work itself out. I, I, I'm just, I'm shocked at how it seems that fans go from either they're on management side and then it sways to the player and then, but like, just chill just relax, just watch it play. I mean, and really it's none of our money. But October 14th will roll around. The Sens will play the Leafs. Kachuk will be in the lineup. You'll have two or three big hits a goal and the fan base will forgive him. Right now it's (laughs) about how does Brady want to, to, what does it take to make Brady happy and want want him to stay long-term with Ottawa and, I, I think right now I, it's just a matter of, like you said, just get things done. I agree. All right, let's let's move on to another contentious issue, and that's Logan Brown. So, uh, going <laughs> camping, brought to you by Whitewater Beer, uh, Whitewater.ca, of course, and um, they sign Logan Brown to a one-year deal, and then they bring in Tyler Ennis on a PTO, former Ottawa Senator, played Edmonton for a couple seasons. Let's first get to Logan Brown. Sly, are you okay with this? When I look at the number at seven hundred fifty thousand, he signed for a one-year deal as an RFA. It just means I didn't have any other choice. I had to sign this. I'm not sure I'm going to be here much past training camp, but we'll see what happens now. But that seven hundred fifty thousand tells me that there wasn't any negotiating room. No, I guess that was a take it or leave it approach, and. Uh, you know what? I, I was very disappointed in, in the way Logan Brown handled uh, the last offseason. I feel like right now, if you look at the Senators' depth chart, we, we uh, the owner, Eugene Melnick, uh, kind of hinted at the fact that the team was going to try and bring in a veteran center for a second line. But uh, so far, that hasn't materialized. Not to say that it's not going to happen, but so far, we're still waiting. At this very moment right now, I believe like the only option people are talking about right now for a second line center is Shane Pinto. And Shane Pinto played a great uh, played played great hockey when he came on last year, but he only has 12 pro games under his belt. So so you can either keep on building, you know, developing like he did, but development isn't linear. Like sometimes uh, players take a step back and if he doesn't yeah. have a great camp, yeah. then maybe Belleville becomes an option then who do the centers have in stock to play second-line center? Well, if Logan Brown ever complained about not getting a fair shot at playing in the NHL, well, at this juncture, at this training camp, normally he would have an equal chance as anybody else to win that spot at center. So so I, I was actually, you know, I think it's a good thing that he finally comes on board and at least going to be a training camp. And then the card, you know, the ball will be in his court. Yeah, I agree. And and I think with, with regards to Logan Brown, and I'll get to Tyler Ennis in a second, I just, for the life of me, I can't understand how you would imagine, like if you're Logan Brown, I can't imagine finding a better opportunity around the NHL than, than right here in Ottawa with this current group, with the current situation at center. It, it, to me, if he's applied himself and, 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 you know, with the training in the summer and the off season, and perhaps addressed a little bit the skating or at least a bit of that conditioning level where I feel like there's times out there where he looks lethargic, but that's just his playing style. But if he could address that speed that's lacking, that little extra um, jump in his step, if you will, I feel like there, there'd be a really good opportunity for them. And, and of course, I think we're all kind of ignoring the elephant in the room. It's, it's the injuries, right? At his age, dealing with all these injuries now that he's had that's held him back and out of the lineup, I feel like it's really stunted that progression, uh, even with your exposure to general managers that are coming into Belva to watch you play and, and all that. So I think right now, assuming he's had a very good summer, this is ripe for opportunity for Logan Brown right now. This is an opportunity for him to make a splash here at training camp and stick to this hockey club. And with Tyler Ennis, 
I mean, the numbers haven't been great over the last two seasons. I don't really know where that fits, but it's low risk for Ottawa, right? So I can understand the move. You have the potential veteran leadership that you can bring in the room. And if he doesn't have a good camp, you let him go and your hands are clean. Yeah, about uh, the uh, the value, the trade value for Logan Brown too. Um, I was just talking with Alain Vigneault last week and we touched on different subjects. And at some point, you know, I said, no, it's a good thing that you guys are bringing in Derek Brassard to play with you guys. And he mm -hmm. said, you know what? The thing we think, the thing with Derek is we know he can play at this juncture. Teams right now are, are worried about prospects who didn't play much hockey last year, you know, like either at the AHL level, playing maybe 20, 25 games or, or in juniors, pretty much, you know, not playing in Ontario, playing a handful of games in, in the WHL. Um, so, so Logan Brown, I kind, kind of feel like he falls in that category. Since he hasn't played basically for a year and a half, you don't know what you have in him. So are other teams exactly. really going to, you know, want to pay to get a guy who's a little older, who's been hurt and who hasn't played in 18 months? So I think right now he's got everything to win uh, by being in camp and pushing for a roster spot. Agreed. Interesting. So let's go then, uh, Alex. We'll take the, the depth chart board and have a look. Do we? Okay, do you guys think Tyler Ennis is going to make this roster coming out of camp? Uh, I, I think he's in tough. Uh, right now, you, you give him a good spot. But um, I feel right now um, the team would rather have uh, the, the younger players play there, uh, whether it's uh, yep. Parker Kelly or, or even Igor Sokolov, if, if they can win a battle. I think Tyler Ennis, like Mark said, it's a, it's a low-risk, uh, uh, high-reward type of situation. And, but but I, I don't see him winning a battle at this point. I agree. And, and I've, it's yeah, funny, they... Sly, just mentioned that I have the same guys. I've got Parker Kelly, I've got Igor Sokolov, obviously Logan Brown. Um, uh, but I, again, I think if you've got a young player that's playing equal to Tyler Ennis's level and looks very confident, it's a no-brainer. He's going to be in that lineup. So to me, if you're looking at that forward group at the very least, um, I, I don't like the third line with Tyler Ennis and White together on that line with Paul. I feel like you're misusing Paul. Nick Paul's taken such a big step forward. We saw his progression last year. We saw his progression at the World Championships I had an opportunity to watch him play. He looked fantastic. He's he's a he's a legitimately good third line player in the NHL with potential to play on that second line if anybody gets hurt. So for me to pair him with players like White and Ennis right now is a disservice to him. With no offense, of course, to, to Colin White. I just think that you'd have to make some adjustments there. So if a player happens to step up, play very well, I don't think Ennis has really much of an opportunity here in this group. Yeah, and I, I still think they move Colin White to the wing and put if it's going to be Logan Brown, they put Logan Brown there or they find another center. But they're certainly Agreed. thin at the middle of the ice. And I just the, – the Logan Brown thing is it's right there in front of him. He just has to figure out a way to put it all together. Can he do that? Maybe. He's healthy. Apparently the back issues have been dealt with. We'll see if he can find that spot, though. Yeah. So what about the decor here, boys? Sleepy. What are we thinking? <laughs> you know what? So well, the one thing that always pops up in the chat – is is sorry, Sly is Eric Brandstrom. So he's not on the list. So where does Eric Brandstrom fit in this roster? Hmm. Do we know for sure if uh, if you know Victor Mete has beaten up to a spot yet? You mean has he has no. he earned a spot? Is that what you're asking? Uh, I'm wondering if you know it's at this juncture if Mete is the clear cut left-handed ah. third pairing defenseman, or if Brandstrom doesn't have a chance to to bump him to maybe number seven on the roster. I, it's yep. funny you say that because I've been fighting, you know, just based off watching the last few games there of the year when, when everyone was together and Mete was in the lineup, 
I don't know. I mean, for me right now, if you were to ask me if I'm going to build this team and put a team together on the ice, Brandstrom's the odd man out. But my eye, I'm, I'm open to him playing on this team, and I'm not set in stone with that decision. I think that training camp is going to be crucial, especially on that back end right now, on that third pairing. And so if Brandstrom can play lights out, good on him. Then he's got an opportunity. I don't like the idea of having a guy like Brandstrom and Mete in the lineup on the back end. You can call me old-fashioned. I think that's just that's too small for, for a decor, especially with the identity that this team is trying to go with, uh, being a little bit of a tougher team to play against. They're physical. They're playing fast. Obviously, we all want puck possession. But at the end of the day, we see what's been leading to success at the NHL level in the postseason. And we're, we're, the trend is very clear. There's a lot of bigger bodies on that back end that have great reach and that are reliable. So for me right now, to answer your question, Sly, I, I think I don't think that Mete has it locked in, but if he can have a decent, solid camp and play pretty consistently, I think it's his spot to lose. You know what might be interesting, though, is Brandstrom plays at home and Mete-type plays on the road. The only reason I say that, you can protect, right, your third pairing a bit more at home and you start to move some guys around. I've seen them do that in the past yeah. uh, with Brandstrom. They I, try to play him at home more. Yeah, and, and the only thing with that is that you've got guys coming in and out of the lineup all the time. So you're going to start shooting their confidence yeah. a lot. Like I, I've been through that as a call-up when I was getting into the NHL. And it, it got to the point where you're just like, you don't even trust yourself. You almost feel safer on the bench than you do on the ice playing. And it's 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 a really, it's a toxic thing to do to your lineup, especially with defensemen. Um, a young group like that back there, you want to feed their confidence. Whoever you're going with in your top six, you got to commit to that after training camp and at least give them an opportunity, give them a couple of games grace to kind of get into the groove of things. But to flip-flop like that, although I understand it, Wally, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see. say it was big on my list. I'm just, we've seen it happen. Sorry, Sly. Yeah. No, it's okay. I, I, I kind of see some movement on defense as the season goes on right now. I mean, Michael Del Zotto, uh, I like everything he said and everything he did since signing with Ottawa. I mean, he, he, he said that he chose Ottawa over another offer because he felt there was a, an opportunity there. Uh, we saw him on social media recently taking a couple of the younger players to dinner. He had a wonderful interview with Ian in The Athletic. But here's a guy who uh, played third pairing minutes last year with the, yeah. the Blue Jackets, which wasn't the best defensive team yeah. in the NHL. And same thing the year prior to that. He was with Vancouver and didn't play more than third-pairing minutes. So so right now he's got every good intention. It's either the Sens see something that the previous teams didn't see and that we see a different Michael Del Zotto and he, he, you know, he restarts his career, or maybe we're asking a little bit too much out of him. But either way, I can see movements with, with guys you know starting the season and maybe moving up the roster and lineup and ch things changing again during the course of the season. Yeah, I agree. And, and 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 it's the same thing with Nick Holden. I know a lot of people kind of had him written off. He was almost an afterthought to a degree based off line projections that I was seeing online and and right, you know, ensuing after the trade, of course, or picking him up. So I, I, to me, that's a good player to have on that third pairing. I think he's got it locked unless he has a terrible training camp. I think we can expect him to see. And, and, and he's going to compliment any player that plays to his left. So if he's with Mete, for example, I really like that pairing. But to go back to Branstrom, like you guys all said, and, and I'm not trying to deviate from the topic too much. I just I know a lot of people online are huge fans of him. For the life of me, I can't understand it all the time. He's got a ton of online support, and I respect that. But I don't get it. I don't, Honestly, I don't, I've watched him play a ton. And every time he's got the puck and he's lugging it up the ice, I'm just wincing, waiting for someone to like lean into him into the wall. 
If he can figure yeah. out how to protect himself a little bit better, maintain that efficient style gameplay, along with perhaps trying to figure out a way to get on that second power play unit and really anchor it properly, that'll give him a best opportunity. Every player on this team needs a role. And when you want to stay in a lineup, you need a role, special teams role. Are you a penalty killer or are you a power play guy? Well, Branstrom's not going to be killing any penalties. He can be a power play guy in that second pairing to perhaps compliment Shabbat when Shabbat Shabby gets off the ice. So if he can figure that out in camp, it's going to be crucial. But really, when it comes down to it, guys, these are all projections. We don't really know anything until that first exhibition game starts. And then obviously, as the camp progresses, we'll get a better, clearer picture. But right now, it's anybody's game on that, on that back end. Yeah, and interesting. And we always know by the end of the year, they've used nine or 10 defensemen at some point. And so all that, this is the top six and it'll be the top six all year just doesn't work because there's always going to be injuries or somebody's moving in and out of the lineup. Um, yeah. All right, uh, moving on. We're running out of time. So let's get to rookie status uh, brought to you by sportsinteraction.com slash Wally in the thought. Sports Interaction is Canada's odds makers, of course, all kinds of NFL betting going on. And soon there'll be all kinds of NHL betting. Um, let's start with uh, Marcus Stelic is one of the, Guys, and I know, Sleepy, you've been at training camp that has really looked pretty good. There's been a few others, Angus Crookshank, you know, there's Sokolov and whatnot. Who's really stood out for you that you've noticed? Well, the one guy that basically people didn't think about much, one day I was there and I, I just marveled as, uh, at his ability to shoot the puck is uh, Robbie Arventi. Uh, either like the one-timer on the right circle, a lot of Etchkin, or just a quick release when he, he skates down the uh, the slot. I mean, I don't know how it's going to translate in a North American game. I, I know shooting is just one part of it. There's so much more going into it. But I think that this is one guy that nobody's talked about. And I, when I saw him practicing, I was quite impressed. Of course, you know, Kostelik has been, he's been good, but he's a little older. So you expect guys who are 22, 23 yep. years old to, to, to have good yep. camps, good rookie camps against 18 years old. Um, I, I kind of like Maxence Gennett from the get-go. Uh, he's a guy who could basically become a steal as a seventh-round pick. If he ever makes it as number seven defenseman or number six defenseman, um, he's got, from people I spoke to, he's got some confidence issue he needs to work work out. Uh, basically, just, you know, believing that he really belongs in, in, in the pro game and in the NHL. But the way he played against the Montreal rookies last weekend uh, was pretty good, and I think that uh, he's another guy to watch for. Is there, and I know, uh, is there one guy that we think is going to end up playing uh, with the Sens this year? And I say that I think Ottawa has used 22 or 23 rookies in the last three years into the lineup. So there's going to be somebody at some point that makes their NHL debut. Who do we think ends up in those spots? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, I, I guess, you know, you could, couldn't <laughs> bet against Angus Crookshank at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they need, like, whoever it's going to be is that fourth-line type player. Because they're obviously top six, it seems pretty set. So whoever that, like, we're looking, I know Parker Kelly isn't on that list, but Parker Kelly or or it's Kostelik or it's, it's you know, one of those guys that really can grind, Angus Crookshank, another pest type guy. So who, here's a question for you guys then, because I have, I have no idea. I don't know who any of these guys are. Who are you bumping <laughs> out of that fourth line? I mean, if you're talking about any of these potential well, I'm, I'm really going by players. No, okay, but 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 I'm saying out of camp because I know people were talking online a little bit about how there is a spot available and sure. you know if you play really well you can bump a player. Who's the player that we're bumping out? Who's expendable on that fourth line that we have? You're not getting rid of Watson. You're not getting rid of Formanton. So yeah. is it is it Tierney, your centerman? I don't know. I, don't I know thought we were talking about. Just sits. 
Yeah, I thought we were talking about guys who, who might come up at some point during the year and, and get their start at some point, whether it's November or January. No, no, we were. We were. But there I'm are adding, guys. I'm I will say another Mark, layer to that question. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say there's always typically somebody that gets their eight, nine games off out of the start of camp just to see what they can do. So, yeah, maybe there is a guy that this year will be that guy. So, Sleepy, do you see one particular player that could end up being – you know, like the Alex Formanton, Drake Bathersons, whatever, and play a couple games till they get sent down? Um, well, you know, at this juncture, after playing a few years in the minors and the way, you know, he, he handled himself in this one NHL game, I, I think Parker Kelly might be uh, one injury away from getting his, uh, yeah. his start in, in the NHL. Otherwise, I don't think that maybe a rookie, you know, slides in, whether it's on defense or, or offense. I don't think there's some room. Mm, I agree. Uh, let Last question before we let you go, and then Robin Leonard is going to join us, and that is, uh, is this a playoff team, Sly? It depends. We're going to bring it back to, you know, take it full circle. Is Brady Kachuk there to start the season? And that's what I'm saying right now. And it's been, you know, a lot of things have been dangled yep. in front of him. If you, you miss the start of camp, then you might, you know, start behind the eight ball for the Olympics. I feel like the Sens need Brady Kachuk because it's still a very young roster. Last year, we saw this team develop into a team that never let, never gives up, always fights till the end. But I think that maybe if Kachuk isn't there, the leader isn't there, the rest of the team will have to, to will struggle to keep that identity. I think I see the Senators pushing until the last month of the season if Kachuk is there from the start, and maybe missing by a few points. But I don't think they'll miss by much. And, and like mm -hmm. I'm not going to start comparing teams because we all know that there's a bunch of teams that are ahead of them in their development. But a lot yeah. of those teams sometimes... Well, just one or two of those teams, we don't know which, but for whatever reason, we'll not be able to figure it out this year and we'll not have that good of a season. So I think the Sens can maybe finish 11th, 10th in the Eastern Conference and miss the playoffs by a few points. Yeah, I agree with that 100%, Sly. I think, I think you're bang on. And I think also, I just I know, Wally, we're in a crunch here. The one other X factor for me, at least, is the goaltending. I think if Matt Murray comes out strong, I think I know I'm stating the obvious. But if Matt Murray can play strong right from the get-go here and play like the player he can be, it'll give the give the team such a great opportunity. And of course, to add to Sly there, Kachuk is your your breadwinning horse on the bat on that front end there that leads the charge. And without him in the lineup, I feel like your identity's out the window. What happens if Matt Murray struggles? Oh, Sly? Don't ask me. Sly has the answer. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to coach a house league Pee Wee girls team this year, so I'm gonna you know try not to get ahead of myself. But you know what? You know what though? You know I don't think there's room on defense. I don't think there's room up front for rookies. But what if both goaltenders can't get the job done and Philip Gustafsson is tearing it up in the AHL? Yeah, good question. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I I, I can see Gustafsson playing well, like. The other thing is, and they talked about having is an almost a goalie taxi squad, right? With COVID going on, that there will be a goalie just quickly available if anything were to happen. I, I can see that happening. The other issue is if they don't sign Brady, what do they do with the salary cap before they start the season? And they need to get to the cap floor, which I think they're off by like three million dollars. Oh, I think they'll sign Brady. Just a matter of how many years to the contract. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So is that the pressure point then? Just they got to get him signed because they've got to get to the cap floor. Well, not just. It's not just. I mean, it's it's your best player. I mean, outside of Thomas Shabbat, it's like there, there's so many 
there are so many reasons why Brady has all the leverage right now. And, it's, and, I, and any team apologist out there right now hates to admit it. It pains them to say it. But Brady has all the leverage. And Brady knows it. And Brady's dad knows it. And Brady's dad's in Brady's ear. His agent knows it. His brother knows it, as we all know. All the Senator fans absolutely despise Matthew Kuchuk now, even more so than before. So, I mean, it, it, it's 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 just it's the, the harsh truth right now is Brady's got all the cards. And this isn't a greed thing. I'll finish it off with this because that, that's been a common message that I've been getting a lot of on Twitter with regards to my um, two cents on the issue itself. People seem to think, well, he's being greedy and you got to think about the team and you don't want to you know, they're comparing it to Toronto's cap space. I'm like, we're not even at the cap floor in Ottawa. We're not even on the floor. So there's plenty of cap space. We're talking about the lifeline player of this hockey club. You can't quantify it all the time, right? It doesn't, it's not numbers. And people made comparisons to Alfredson. They made comparisons to Shabbat. Well, should he be paid more than Shabbat? Thomas Shabbat is underpaid right now. He is an underpaid player who is playing 30 minutes a night and signed that deal before okay a couple whatever year it was so you can't make the comparison right now it's different projection wise the cap's going to go up in a couple years three to four seasons it, it, you, you can't compare it so as a fan base we need to separate ourselves from emotion and just look at it from a business standpoint anybody out there who's negotiating for a job always wants to get paid the maximum amount allotted right you want to make your worth brady's doing that right now and he has all the right people in his corner so he's not going to be lacking any confidence. We just need to forget about it. Enjoy the camp as it is right now. Brady will get done behind closed doors. Everybody's going to be okay. Sleepy, I have a question. Uh, you've been around the rink. Did Matthew Kachuk's comments raise any eyebrows? Not much. I mean, like, it wasn't like anything. Well, I mean, the only thing that was surprising was the fact that he, he went on the record and publicly stated it. But I don't think he said anything completely shocking to people that, you know, that are used to the business. I agree. Well, good stuff. Because I, I loved it. I loved their chat. And I, I look forward to seeing how this all plays out. Because it's fun to sit and just watch this transpire because it gives us something to talk about. Um, Sleepy, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate your time. Uh, we'll be chatting with you soon. And good luck on the season, my friend. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Sly. There goes Sylvain Saint Laurent, the sports editor from Le Droit, and of course he does RDS contri contributions as well. And he's a columnist; he does everything. And he, of course, he's now a eleven-year-old uh, girls' hockey coach, which I didn't know beforehand. So Good he's him. getting out there. All right. Um, anyway, without further ado, we now bring into the Whitewater chat room. Uh, he is a Masterton Trophy winner. He's a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. He was drafted by the Ottawa Senators, and it is Robin Leonard, all the way from beautiful Las Vegas, where it's always nice and warm. <laughs> Look at that, that back How How you doing, you? <laughs> What's going on, sir? No, not much. How are you guys doing? Great. The palm trees look very good. Yeah, it's nice. Lenny, is that is that, nice. your, back, is that your backyard? Yeah, I think it's... Uh... Uh, reflection right now. Yeah, it's my backyard. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not bet. bad. Good for you. Good for you. Now, you just did. You just go on a safari adventure. Did I see this right? Sahara, yeah, the Sahara uh, Desert, maybe. Yeah. No, I was a little bit everywhere this summer. Needed to mentally recharge from this lockdown we've been in for a while. So had some fun and. Um, now we, I traveled around a bit. And, and how was the desert? 
it was very nice. It was very nice. You got to wrestle with some camels and uh, spend a few days out in the out in the desert. Right, uh, Lenny, were you in? Where were you were in like Morocco or Casablanca? Like, where were you? Casablanca? Yeah, no, I was in Casablanca too? for a while. We took a car. We took a car about fourteen hours uh, out to a place called Mersuga, and we took some uh, beach buggies, uh, like five hours out in the desert. So had a camp there and stayed for a few days. That's awesome. Good for you guys. Yeah. Uh, and last very... question about your summer is uh did you just recently hurt your ankle or are you all healthy what's going on no i have i'm healthy i haven't heard anything okay all the backstories <laughs> no wait, i got plenty of that stuff coming up later um yeah, yeah. the this <laughs> the season that's upon us are you are you excited that it's now basically i mean you're the number one guy as you go in here to vegas and I know you and Mark Andre Fleury, despite people trying to say you weren't very close or all that stuff, uh, were very good friends, and it's tough to see him go. So, after all that stuff that's played out, are you excited to how this season's going to unfold for you? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's a to me it's a regular season. You know, uh, same goal. If you know, I played with a lot of uh, ever since I was in Ottawa. I played with a lot of other good goaltenders, and you know, I think that's necessary on uh, any successful NHL team and uh, you know we we brought in uh, uh, Brasser here he's a great goalie as well and obviously tough to see Mark go but uh, I don't look at it any different Mark being here or, or not uh, I still you know approach it as it's uh, uh, my net to lose you know I've always done that and um, it's the same you know you just gotta compete uh when it comes to uh flurry you guys aren't going to see them until oh i think it's january january the 8th is your first meeting against chicago are you looking forward to having him at the other end of the ice if that's what ends up happening well yeah i mean uh look forward to a lot of a lot of reasons you know being played in chicago you know it's a lot of uh, good people and good players there. You know, it's always fun playing them. It's always been. Um, but yeah, it will be, you know, it's always fun playing against former players or former teams and stuff like that. So it should be, uh, no, it should be fun. Uh, just quickly, veering off topic a bit, Zach Smith just announced his retirement. I know you won a Calder Trophy with him in uh, Binghamton. I, I know you guys are pretty close, if I'm not mistaken. It. I guess, was it tough to see him go? I know it's always tough to see people retire that you're always close with. Yeah, I mean, he had a hell of a career, you know, uh, kind of, he came in uh, a year before me uh, there. And when I got to Binghamton, he was uh, already kind of a little bit more established, uh, being the guy going up and down. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, as you said, it's always hard, uh, hard to see people retire but I, thought, I think you know he's been struggling with some back issues and, uh, and stuff like that and yeah. he's had a hell of a career and he's a he he's a great player and he's a even better guy so uh hopefully he has a great next chapter of his life now hey uh, and lenny i agree with you there smitty's unbelievable teammate and shout out to zach smith out there he's been fantastic career great guy off the ice you talk about training a little bit there and I read some stuff, Lenny. So have you lost some weight? You're a little lighter now? Is that what's going on? 
Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, they, uh, yeah, yeah. I had to shed a few. You know how it's been. It's always a little bit up and down. You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> some years they're on me, some years they're not. But uh, uh, no, I guess this uh, one of those years. You know, like uh, just turned thirty, which is uh, you know it, it goes by quick, and uh, you know yes, uh, try to be as uh, light as I can now going forward and see see how long. Uh, how long I have left. What'd you do for diet? Like, did, did you have to diet or anything like that? Or just more, more car- conditioning? I just been, uh, like, what did you have just to been training hard. No, nothing, yeah. nothing crazy. Just have been training hard. Uh, and, uh, now just, uh, just trying to get ready for the season. You know, it's back to an 82 game, se- uh, 82 game season, all that stuff, you know, and, uh, hopefully perform as good as possible, play, play a bit more. Um, uh, so, I have uh, I've been lucky with injuries except some concussions, you know, so I just want to give my yeah. body a little bit of a break. Good man. You're doing uh, you're training with John Wood, right? He's uh, got to do he works with MMA, if I'm not mistaken. Is that how's that training going? No, it's been fun. Uh, it's fun here in Vegas. You know, there's a lot of fighters here. He's uh, uh, started uh, started with John Wood. Uh, obviously, his gym has a lot of UFC guys and uh, been uh, doing a bunch of work with them, and no, it's uh, it's been good. It's been good. Get punched around a little bit, never never hurts. So wait, are you, so you're <laughs> doing some mixed martial art training? Uh, we're doing mostly boxing. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, less uh, risk of twisting anything, but uh, yeah, been doing a bunch of boxing <laughs> with them, and uh, no, it's a uh, no, it's fun. Good for you. Yeah, we do. Been doing a lot of. I started boxing in my teens, Lenny, but I. I don't think a lot of people out there truly appreciate how difficult it is, like conditioning-wise, when you're just hitting the bag or sparring with people. It's a, it's a yeah. freaking nightmare. Yeah, no, when you start getting up 10, 12, 13 rounds of three minutes, you're dead. So it's just good conditioning yeah. for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I would like to go back to your Ottawa Senator days. Uh, and there's a couple of stories I have to ask you about. One is... Um, your relationship with Rick Walmsley was it? How would you describe your relationship with your former? Uh, why are coach? we always talking about Walmer on the show? Like I, I don't have one positive thing to say. So Lenny, maybe you can say some nice things about him, okay? No, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, my thought knows my uh, relationship with Walmer, but uh, no, you know what the crazy thing is? We hated each other, you know. But uh, uh, later in my career you know we kind of reconnected you know uh, I guess you know when I was in Ottawa I wasn't the most calm mature guy either you know so it was uh, it was kind of you know we didn't click so we we had a lot of a lot of fights uh, and uh, the funny part was uh, Brian and Tim were usually in the stands laughing at us you know they, <laughs> they thought it was hilarious it's, it's true <laughs> it's okay, wait a sec. We did just, you guys we would be screaming at each other every third practice, <laughs> and they would just sit laughing at the in the stands. But uh, uh, no, we I, we we had a special relationship, me and Walmer. But uh, you know, we we definitely reconnected since since then. You know, and uh, uh, I've always been like that. You know, like I can <laughs> I can dislike a person a lot, but if he's helped me, I'm always going to give him credit. And he did help me with quite some things and. Uh, but we we did argue a lot. 
That's it. I want to, okay. So I have one question to ask you about that. Was there nearly in Binghamton, uh, you two nearly come to blows in the coach's office? Yeah, no, that happened uh, many times, but especially in Binghamton, I remember <laughs> we had, uh, we played against Syracuse. It was actually my first fight uh, um, in the AHL. We were up five, nothing after the, about half the game and I got into a fight and we were up 5 nothing going into the third and we lost 6-5 and for some reason he blamed that loss on me because I got thrown out so it turned pretty <laughs> ugly in the coach's office. <laughs> um, but speaking of fight, how exhausting is it to fight as a goalie with all that gear? I don't remember. I haven't fought since. I've tried a bunch but the, <laughs> none have taken me up on it yet. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> Christ. Uh, all right. So staying with Ottawa, I, at one point near the, they brought in Ben Bishop. So you had Craig Anderson, you and Ben Bishop, which were three all number one goaltenders and all very good. Did it cause any issues? Or I know there was injuries and people weren't playing, but what was that dynamic like with the three of you there? I thought it was good, uh, to be honest. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, me and Bish, uh, we started in Binghamton together. We we both played, and uh, it was that shortened uh, lockout season. And then we got up, and Craig was injured a bit, so we got to both play a little bit. And uh, yeah, then uh, he got traded, which I think uh, was one of Ottawa's biggest mistakes, to be honest. But uh, um, they should have kept him. Um, but uh, no, it uh, eventually worked out for all of us. So. It was good. I used to love just sitting with you. Uh, back in the day, it was a lot different than it is even now, and even Meth can attest to this, where you got a chance just to sit in the locker room and, and talk, and you were always very good to me. We would just shoot the shit about whatever was going on. Um, but you always said that you you needed to grow up more after you left Buffalo. I, are, are you a lot – like, how much different are you maybe in net compared to when you were in Ottawa? No, I'll be uh... – very different. I mean, uh, it. I mean, it's changed a bit now, but it's it's hard to get into this league at an early age as a goaltender, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I got in at 19 years old in Ottawa, uh, and I was uh, up and down quite a bit and broke in early. And uh, I think uh, looking back at it, I think uh, it was a bit rushed, um, and. Um, yeah, it, it also the culture back then, uh, AHL, NHL, uh, what is it, 10, 11 years ago, it, it was, it's a lot different than now. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, I think goalies hit their, they get ready mentally around 25, 26. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure and uh, everyone deals with it differently. And the actual pressure part on the on the ice it's not been an issue but it's just you know being professional you know growing up being mature and i i had some of those issues in ottawa and um then when i got that concussion in ottawa that everything kind of turned sideways for me and uh it took a few years to kind of um get back from that that was a, yeah that's against carolina and clark MacArthur collides with you and goal I, I just I still remember that play like it was yesterday because it seemed to change everything. Um, yeah. So, did you like? Did you ask to be traded out of Ottawa, or, or how did it play out that you ended up going to Buffalo? And I know Tim Murray becomes a GM there, so of course that makes a big difference. But how did you 
uh, I guess, get to Buffalo? Uh, well, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, I got injured, got sent home. Hamburglar went in, went, what did it go, 21-1 and or 20-0-1, something like that. They stopped calling me, yeah, and then I got yeah. traded. That was pretty simple. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Henrik Lundqvist just announced his retirement, too. Did he play much of a part with you? Are you guys at all very close? The only reason I say that is because your dad used to work with, work him out, if I'm not mistaken, and you were around with him. Uh, is there a close relationship with the two of you? No, I, not as much as it was uh, between him and my dad. But, you know, I've always had deep respect for him. Obviously, he's the uh, uh, best Swedish goalie of all time to play over here. And he's uh, a yeah. Hall of Famer in my eyes, you know. But, uh, yeah, I'm um, sad to see uh, see him re uh, retire as well. But he's going to take care of his health, obviously. And, uh, um, no, it... Uh, it's obviously a big hole in uh, with Swedish goaltending with him out of the league. Uh, I need to ask you about Gothenburg specialty. So I've been to Gothenburg and there is a thing called a shrimp sandwich. Are you yeah. a big shrimp sandwich guy? Yeah, I know. You, if you're from Sweden, you're. I think you're a big shrimp sandwich guy. They're good. I, did, I didn't. So I... There's a hotel or something you go to the top of that has the restaurant, and that's supposed to be the best yeah. place for it. I, I didn't like it at all. Oh, really? No, I mean, they say it's good there. It's because it's kind of big there, but uh, I think it's more out in the the coastal restaurants um, that has the best ones. Do you go home very often? Do you get home every summer? Not every summer, but I uh, spend some time home this summer. Uh, it's been obviously, you know, this is the first time, you know, kind of set in one place. I was uh, a little bit of a ping pong ball there for a few years where it was kind of uh, tough to find time. You had to go to new cities and reestablish life a few times. So if, my son was born in uh, Ottawa and he's been in five teams since and he's about to turn seven. So uh, it's uh, nice to get some uh, stability where you live. Crazy how time flies. Uh, last, I need to ask you about, you're a big animal lover, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, did you turn no. your house in Ottawa into a zoo? No, it's all rumors. No, people lying. <laughs> That's right, my thoughts, eh? I'm not saying nothing, man. I don't want you to hunt me down. Yeah. Lenny, uh, uh, you, you've been... You've been, uh, you've been a really, really big advocate for a lot of mental health stuff, and I don't want to step on Wally right now because he's usually driving this, but um, what are you doing now? Like, what's, what's your routine like? Like, what are you doing to stay kind of level and on cue and, and make sure that your mind's right? Like, have you really made any, like, life-altering changes with, like, your day-to-day, -day, like, leading up, in, especially in the summertime? Like, you know, for, for players, it's easy to get into trouble. It's easy to find stuff and 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 kind of get distracted. Like, what what have you changed aside from the obvious and having a family? What are you doing differently now? No, I think uh, I think there's a bunch to it. I think uh, biggest thing is being open and honest and uh, talk about it. You know, it's uh, it's one one way to just keep uh, keep leveled and uh, uh, stay stay the course. But also, you know, the good uh, really build that support system of just having. You know, regular talks with my psychiatrist, and you know, uh, take uh, yeah. take my medicines, all that types of things, uh, and uh, yeah. you know, also just you know, try to live life as well. You know, it's uh, it's obviously been hard the last uh, 
year and a half uh, through COVID. It's been it's ups, uh, ups and downs for everyone. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, just realize there are some issues and work on them and do a lot of self-research and listening to uh, not just one source, you know, because I keep saying that to a lot of people, right? This like it's obviously different uh, levels of uh, NHL players or, you know, lawyers or whatever profession you you want to go into same thing with psychiatrists and doctors and therapists you know it's uh there's so many people that just get stuck with one person and a lot of times a very old-fashioned uh you know type psychiatrist that puts you know it's only one way or you know a lot lot of the time the old way and uh, you know i've been lucky i've been through a bunch of them a bunch of psychiatrists i had now have a really really good one and you know, you need to have one that has an open mind of what works for you because sometimes you get stuck with people. It's like, this is, this is it. And, uh, this is the only way. And I had to do a lot of trying of what works for me with my life and my profession. So it's also about uh, questioning and, uh, you know, researching a lot for yourself and try to find uh, what works. So it, um, uh, I think it's a mix of, of everything but uh, not just get settled with the first option that gets thrown at you and i know i have the luxury to do that so it's a lot of people yeah. if, uh, in especially here in the u.s they don't have that luxury to get treatment or diagnostics and medicines at all so um yeah. obviously that's a lot of things that i'm trying to work on too to try to change that and work with some organizations to see how we can end that madness yeah and i think First of all, and I commend you for everything you're doing. I think the biggest thing for me, aside from obviously overcoming all this in your career, is just being so open about it. You know, like you've been very open about it on social media. You've kind of put yourself out there. And in turn, you break down all these barriers. Whereas we know we're very conservative typically in hockey. Players don't like to speak up too much. They try to restrain their personalities a little bit. I think by doing what you're doing, along with other players, of course, you're making it easier for players to address these issues that they're dealing with, right? So I guess what I I guess is... Yeah, it's it's such a two-sided coin, you know? Like, I, one, you know, in one way, the, you know, the rehabilitation type community, you know, all you learn in rehab and uh, with doctors and all that stuff is about being open about the people around you, right? And then you kind of get yeah. into a culture and atmosphere in hockey or with an NHL program where it's like, you got to keep this quiet. And that's because you, we get punished uh, financially, right? And it's, uh, we get looked at as a risk, but you got to take a decision, you know, like it's going to punish you financially or you're going to take your life, right? So I took the decision to be open and honest about it while, you know, uh, as you know, Mark, you know, it's, the clubs or the GMs and coaches, they don't like it. You know, they still no. don't like it here no. in Vegas. They don't, they didn't like it in Chicago. They didn't like it in Long Island either. You know, uh, uh, Lou was very supportive in Long Island regarding, you know, my article and stuff like that. But, you know, being talking about it a lot, it's, it's, it's not popular, uh, but I'm doing it because it's a part of my, it's a part of my journey. It's part of my rehabilitation. It's part of me being healthy. So, uh, yeah, I, I just got to do what I got to do. And, uh, there's still long, long steps uh it's big steps uh, still be taken because i think a lot of players still have judge uh, or they're they're still scared of uh, getting help still scared of the program because they think that the program is a punishment you know and um it's really it's not it's more the people that doesn't have issues that like to do something here or there you know they don't believe they have an issue they feel like they get punished and then they give the program a bad reputation which obviously is 
uh, hurts a lot of people that want to get help. So uh, right. I, I would like uh, more education towards our players that uh, the program is there for you. You know, they're not punishing people for needing help. They're not punishing people that have a, a legitimate problem, you know, um, and I think yeah. uh, uh, that st still needs to be addressed, you know, and I wish I got uh, that was my issue, right? You know, you knew me in my, in Ottawa in my early days. I it wasn't pretty at times, you know, uh, and I'm not scared to talk about it. Uh, I mean, you were one of the guys that had to calm me down a few times, you know, and but yep. it was because I was hurting, you know, I was hurting inside. I was hurting with a bunch of things uh, in my life and I wish I would have gotten help way earlier than I did. I mean, yeah. you had to go five, six years of madness before cracking down and take that step. But not, not a lot of people are lucky to to get there, you know, uh, either they get out of the league and it turns really ugly, you know, and um, I it's unfortunate. Uh, I think more people should be open towards it. And obviously the program has things to get better at as well. When I think of uh, a couple of times on Twitter, I've mentioned that I deal with anxiety and, and there's been, I'm surprised at the number of people that reach out to me. So when you open up, like, are you flooded with messages and do you try to talk to as many as you can? I'm just curious, like hockey players, obviously, as you've talked about, don't like to be very public a lot of times. So have you had mm -hmm. to deal with a lot of conversations with guys to try and help? Yeah, no, I have. And it's been one of the hardest hurdles uh, that I have to kind of pick and choose from because, you know, I, I get so many messages in, on my social media yeah. um, and uh, I kind of, you know, morally, I feel bad of answering someone and not the other. And uh, in the end of the yeah. day, I'm also not a psychiatrist or a doctor that I should give advice. And I'm, I don't give advice, you know, more than, you know, find help, try to get some structure around you, et cetera, et cetera, you know, but in the in the end of the day um i i try to get the approach of keeping working the long game you know see what i want to do long terms uh, be a part of the right organizations making plans with them that we still haven't started yet and eventually you know uh, talk more and do more podcasts and stuff like that because i feel like if i can spend my time talking to more people at once you know i can help more people uh then sit yeah. and get through like 10 conversations per day you know on my phone it's uh, it's yeah. it's sometimes it's really hard you know because I, I see some messages come through and it's uh you know it's all from mothers fathers kids uh uh you know the stigma of you know a mother being terrified of her son being diagnosed bipolar and think his life is over you know that it kills me inside because it's really not what it is uh but I simply don't have the time to 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 do all that, and that's hard. Hard that some sometimes it's hard, you know. And uh, then I gotta think about the long game, keep being open and uh, honest, uh, you know. Keep taking some slack for being open and honest, and you know, pay the price that way, and try to try to help people in masses uh, instead of just uh, per message, you know. Well, the work you've done is phenomenal. Like we can't say thank you enough just because you've helped people. And I, and I got to feel like that's a pretty big thing to know that you've done a lot of work to help people uh, either seek help or just to make them feel like they're not alone. And so uh, I don't know how that ranks with being an NHL player and wins and all that stuff, but I know it's got to be pretty well up there with the uh, great accomplishments that you've done. Yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't, uh, it's really not what I'm, 
why I'm doing it. For, but again, uh, I think in rehabilitation as well, or in uh, in the journey of uh, you know staying in line with my medicines and all that stuff, is about helping other people too. It, it also helps mm-hmm. myself, and uh, uh, obviously, uh, you know, I've seen what 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 is done. More and more people has been op- uh, open and honest ever since uh, you know I started talking and. Uh, there's been a bunch of players reaching out. I know a lot of more players has gotten help, and just those small things that, uh, yeah, it those things feels good, you know. And uh, um, just knowing, uh, you know, I was at their position uh, at uh, one point, you know, and uh, I wish that earlier in my career I had someone that pushed me in that direction as well, you know. It's, uh, but uh, again, the culture of uh, sports in general, especially in hockey, it's been, you know. It, you're, you're quiet. You don't say much, you know, you just go by your business and any weakness is a, is a weakness in, in hockey. You understand what I mean? So you, you, you tough it out. Yeah. Uh, quickly before I got a couple of just other questions uh, I want to ask you, and that is uh, you are eight Oh and three lifetime against the Ottawa senators, five Oh and two in Ottawa. Is there a reason why you've had the success you've had against your former team? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a, I don't know, maybe I'm just petty. I got very, <laughs> I, uh, we all are, I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I, I, you know what? I love Ottawa. They, they drafted me, brought me into the NHL and all that stuff, you know, but uh, how it ended there, you know, getting the concussion, uh, it didn't really go well at all. And eventually after a few weeks, yeah, I was sent home and, uh, you know, hamburger, he went on his run and I, that was great, you know, but, you know, sometimes you feel like you're a human being as well. And, you know, the phone stopped ringing and uh, I got back in uh, after the season, five minutes, uh, hey, you're getting traded, bye-bye, you know, it's, uh, I just don't, you know, it's one thing, you know, we're, you know, everyone say it, we're just a piece of the chessboard, you know, but a little bit of humanity would have been nice. And um, I was still, I was struggling quite a bit through that concussion and, uh, there wasn't uh, there wasn't any help, so um, I uh, guess I could t- I took a lot of anger to a lot of those games, but uh, I don't I don't have that anymore. Interesting. I always just found that those numbers were were fascinating to me. The other thing I found uh, interesting, and you may have nothing to say about this, is the I don't know the hour that you spent being a Toronto Maple Leaf. Do you remember Do you remember being dealt to the Leafs? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. One of uh, <laughs> The Leafs' uh, big <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> did like, was it always a given that you were just going to end up in Vegas, or did you think that you were going to end up as a Toronto Maple Leaf? No, I, I, I honestly, I did. I just, uh, you know, we don't find out from our agents anymore. You know, like uh, I was just following uh, draft day. I was in St. Louis at the time, so. All of a sudden, I saw a trade. Uh, saw I think traded to the Leafs, and then right away trade, trade to Vegas. So everything happened kind of quick, and uh, then uh, agent calls you and just fills you in on the details. And now is Vegas the best thing that's happened in your career? I mean, I've had a lot of uh, you know ups and downs. I had a lot of great things in my career. You know, Long Island. I can't speak about Long Island. Good. Uh, like it was so good there. Uh, they treated me so yeah. well. I think the Long Island as a fan base honestly helped save my life. That's why I'm so passionate about them, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, my uh, little journey with Chicago was great as well. But, you know, being here in Vegas, fantastic organization, team, 
uh, great players, uh, obviously great living and all that stuff. It's uh, it's obviously a blessing for me and my family. So we're very happy here. And I, hey, are you going to win the cup this year? I hope so. I uh, I think yeah, we have all the tools for it, uh, for sure. We have a few uh, small hurd hurdles left here. We've been close to two years in a row now to uh, get to the final. So I, you know, that's one thing with this team. You know, it's a good pressure, and it's uh, for all the players to have. You know, they want to win here. You know, so if you don't do your job, you're out of here. So it's uh, in the end of the day. You know, it's. Uh, they expect to win the cup here every year, and if they don't, they're going to make changes. So uh, we go in, uh, uh, we go in, and that's the difference in being here than a lot of other teams I've been in. You know, sometimes you get stuck in career and rebuilds and uh, teams that don't necessarily even want to win. You know, and uh, uh, don't do spend uh, to the cap. Don't try to be as competitive as possible. They they do that here, and they they get a little slack for that as well. But I mean, at least they do everything they can to to win every year and uh, we as player we know we have to perform or we're gone so uh they they bring in players that can handle that pressure or if they can't they they fix it it's just how it works so i i believe that's how a lot of the any sports uh, winning teams that's how it's done you know yeah, you bring in what you need to bring in to win and uh, uh that's the mindset of you know a player and there should be a mindset of a gm or a team in general if if you're not in it to win it you know uh then what are you doing in the business uh, to begin with? It's uh, really how you have to approach it. Uh, last question before we let you go. What is it like to stand uh, in your crease for the anthem in a home game uh, in Vegas? I mean, you can't really talk about uh, how great our games until you see, until you're in the arena. Uh, it's truly a special atmosphere. It's uh, it's um, it's nothing like it in the NHL. Uh, it's a big show. It's uh, amazing fans, uh, great passion. It's uh, it's it's not hard to get up for games at home. That's for sure. So good, uh, Lenny. We appreciate your time. Uh, we know it's been busy for you, and uh, you're just a couple of days for the start of camp. So uh, for you to take the time, it's been much appreciated. We've tried to get you on for about six months now. So finally, yeah, no, uh, we were been, glad uh, to back catch up with you. But it, Nice seeing you guys. Thanks, Lenny. Take okay, care, take my care friend. Of yourself. Good luck. Yeah, thank you, guys. Okay, okay, bye. Bye. There goes Robin Leonard as a uh, member of the Vegas Golden Knights and certainly an outspoken advocate of mental health, and we wish him all the best. Uh, his movement, of course, is uh, hashtag same here, the global mental health movement, and so all the best to Robin Leonard. I, Matt, I know he's, he's dealt with problems, and in Ottawa, he had his issues with uh, maybe his attitude or whatever, but, boy, He's always been so good to deal with, even around for us. Uh, I, I just can't help but pull for the guy all the time. Yeah, and, and we talk about it. And what great dialogue there. And I think it's great for a lot of people that are out there and maybe a little reluctant to speak up or get help. But um, even in Ottawa, he was always a, he's always, a, always a great guy. And he's always been a pleasant person yeah. to be around. He just had some, mental, or some, some inside stuff that he had to deal with and work out. And, and of course, not to take lightly, uh, it was significant in his life. And um, I think, you know, we made a conscientious decision with him and his family, Danya, uh, to, to address it. And I mean, how many players go through something like this, but manage to stay in that professional sport, to stay in the league? And so the amount of hurdles that he's had to go through to, or jump over to, to get to this point wow. where he's in a really comfortable place and he's seeing some success on the ice, he's still playing at a high level. 
I couldn't be happier for him. So I'm wishing him all the best. And the one thing is, and I don't think we can take and, and make light of this, is to make that first step and then to go public making that first step. Like, oh. It's not. It's one thing for, you know, like, I guess you and I, but he's on an international stage all the time. Yeah. You're in cup final or if you're in the Eastern or sorry, Western final, whatever it is. And you're talking about right. this and you're admitting to your struggles. Like that is a massive, massive step. And I, I just have all the respect in the world for doing that. I agree. It's the microscope uh, effect, right, Wally? It's being under that microscope yeah, yeah. and everybody knowing that you yeah. have issues that you have to deal with. So again, very courageous of him. And and I made this point yeah. earlier, and this is my last point. I'll say it's opening the door for a lot of players, a lot of athletes, a lot of people, everyday people to come forward and address their issues and live a better life. And do you, and do you know what? And the other side of that is, and you know this as a hockey player, you have to be consistently very good to stay in the league. And so for him to do that, and I'll call it, I don't know if the word's a distraction, but to have all that stuff going on and still be the number one goalie on a Stanley Cup contending National Hockey League team, it's, I, yeah. like, I don't know that that gets stated enough of how big a deal that that is, actually. Because if he Incredible. is, let's call it, a, if you are a, a call-up or a bit player or like, you know what I mean? You won't get the oh, same attention that he does no being chance. a Masterton Trophy winner, being a Jennings winner, right? So that, there's just, what he's been able to do and continue to play at a high level uh, is massive. Uh, before we go, uh, time to bring in Craig, who uh, always sits around and monitors the chat and tries not to let me talk very often if I can help it. Uh, <laughs> he's been busy on the back end because he just did a little poll, asked people if I was yeah, a it's official. Of course, I voted yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was, was some, somebody else from what I saw. Somebody else just snuck in another vote for you there, saying that uh, you are not a heater. So it uh, came in officially at ninety-six percent. Think that Brent might be a little bit picky uh. with his food choices, but that's all good. I mean, uh, just a little fun there. They were giving you a hard time because you said you didn't like shrimp sandwiches, which I mean, off the top of, I mean, if you ask me if I'd like shrimp sandwiches, I don't think I would be a huge fan. But okay, I get it. You have to see this, and I should have got a picture and had it uh, ready. Is it's a it's a they're little small shrimps, and it just, they didn't look like shrimp to me. They looked like another little squirrely thing that I just didn't want to eat. It just didn't look good on the plate. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Like, they weren't king prawns. No. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. But I tried it because Alfie that's told me I had to such, go eat that's it, such so I tried it. high-maintenance thing to say, though. Like, <laughs> these shrimp were too small for me. I, I need big-ass prawns on my plate. Because, you know what? It, yeah, it, didn't, come on. it looked like an insect. It looked like an like they looked like a plate of insects that I didn't want to eat. That's, that's all. That's I couldn't. Eh, that's fair. I couldn't. Yeah, the food. It. I like the shrimp. food in Sweden is the food in Sweden's a little different. I can attest to this because I've spent time over there with the uh, the NHL. Like when we were playing against San Jose, and I was with Columbus, and I think there were a lot of fish, and it was like herring. I think was one of them, uh, but it's just oh yeah, not oh. for me. It's not for me. So in 07, uh, we go over. Uh, they're playing Pittsburgh in the Premier Series. And it's the first time I think my cameraman, Dave Joy, and I have traveled overseas. And, and he's like on the way there. He's like, I've been practicing. I've got uh, some phrases down. And I'm ready to go in my Swedish. So we land. He's like, let's go get a beer. I'm like, all right. So we go to an English <laughs> pub, of course. But anyway, uh, we get in there. And he's like, I got this. So he says whatever he says. And um, the server goes, and she starts to laugh. And he goes, I think I ordered two beers, didn't I? And he goes, no, you said you liked my boobs. <laughs> oh my God. It's like all right then. It's like, uh, can we just get two beers, there. please? 
<laughs> the, the only significant thing that I can remember, one of the one of the main things I remember from going to Stockholm was our training staff in Columbus, they weren't small guys, okay? They were they liked to eat. They were a little bit larger, but beauties, like great guys. But we were we were there for like two days. And on day two, I remember them all coming into the room and they're like, it's crazy how small and lean everybody is here in Sweden. Like they were getting looks. They were getting looks yeah. from people on the sidewalk just walking around. <laughs> so I still remember thinking like, man, these guys are getting fat shamed on the road and they're not even they're not even being mean to anybody. It's not fair. But it's it culturally it's certainly different over there and um their diet is a yep. lot different. I'm sure they're healthier and that was probably the biggest takeaway that I can remember from the trip. Such beautiful country though. Um it is. Yeah. All right. Uh so, and I know, Craig, that you haven't dealt with Robin in the past, but I know you've dealt with, with guys who have tried to, you know, find their way, I guess, in the league as they started as new guys. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's a lot, right? Like to, to be able to be able to have somebody come out and be as open and honest as Robin Leonard. Yeah, I worked with Robin a little bit. Like when I started, it was right near, I started maybe two months before the Hamburglar run. So like he was around, he was just kind of, I think it was right around when he got injured. Like, so we, we didn't spend yeah. a lot of time working together. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon to see those kinds of demons in some people, right? Whether it's mental health or substance or whatever, it's not uncommon, man. I mean, they, these guys don't live a regular yeah. life. So uh, it's it's not crazy to think that maybe they'd have some issues along the way. Uh, Rob, Robin's thing, that's what always kind of what we'd heard was just that maybe he was struggling with some things. We never, my, my thing was we never asked, right? We just kind of, how can we support him and whatever, but he wasn't there long enough. So there's some other guys like Nick, Nick Paul's a guy that I, uh, we did a little bit more mental health yeah. stuff with kind of around uh, Bell Let's Talk and that type of stuff. And um, the guys who figure it out, man, you, they, they, they almost become different people. Like they, they start talking a little differently and you can just see like that they get it. And uh, it almost always gets accompanied with like a boost in play. Like, and that's what happened with Robin Leonard. And that's what happened with Nick Paul. Like, I don't want to base it off of just the two guys that I saw do that with, but you'd see that if you do take care of your mental health, the same way that you take care of your physical health, like you can see the effects of that on the ice. And I think Robin's a great example of that. How cool is it that he still shouts out the Islanders too, right? That was like three teams ago. And uh, he's he's been getting a lot of love from that group. Yeah, there was there was something yeah, special about him in that group. So, yeah, so it's kind of cool to see, right? Like, I'm sure that's something that probably helped him along the way. Yeah, it's too bad he couldn't. I know he wanted to sign there, and I don't know how it all played out, but uh, I know he wanted to stay in Long Island. Anyway, uh, yeah. good stuff today. Uh, let's uh, start to wrap it up as we get into our trivia. Uh, yeah. Which, by the way, the Danbury <laughs> Trashers. I had George LaRock follow us after the show aired, and yeah. the Danbury Trashers and their. PR guy, uh, their former radio guy has followed us. Like, we are now going to be members of the Danbury Trashers forever. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we got a lot of good reception with Alan. T-Bone, too. He's a polarizing fellow. I don't yeah. know if, you, if you've noticed that, but he's a lot of fun with Alan. So, yeah, good he's really good. Yeah, yeah uh, it's a nice way to put it. Uh, yeah, he's a, he was a great guest. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff out of him. Uh, but at the end of that one, we asked a trivia question about the Danbury Trashers, and it was very a very Danbury Trashers question. So we're giving away a puck luck game from our friends at Gong Show. They're the best. Um, we've been giving away a couple of these lately. They've been flying flying out of the, off the shelves for us. We also have a pretty dope line with Gong Show too. So make, make sure to head uh, head over to GongShow.com to check it out. But the question was, who is the all time leader in penalty minutes for the Danbury Trashers? And surprise, surprise, it's the lunatic Brad Wingfield. Uh, so shout out to uh, at 
my friend Mucky for getting that one right. Uh, you scored yourself a puck luck game. We're going to slide into your DMs and figure out how to get it to you. Uh, and yeah, thanks again for everyone who entered and uh, everyone who checked out the documentary and uh, our interview with T-Bone as well, because that was a lot of fun. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Again, thank you to all of our sponsors, which includes Barry from Ford, BEI, Whitewater, Sports Interaction, and of course, Gong Show. Um, that's I, I enjoyed today's episode. I enjoyed talking about the sends with Sylvain Saint Laurent as well. So that was great. until Thursday, gentlemen, mm -hmm. uh, go enjoy yourselves. We'll see you uh, maybe on the golf course. Ooh. Sounds good. See, see you later. That's the Wall and the Thought <laughs> Show live, powered by Barry Evan Ford. Uh, time for us to drive one out of here.